Hello and welcome to today's episode on RVN TV of Financial Planning Explained and I'm your host, Mike Menninger, Certified Financial Planner and owner and founder of Menninger & Associates Financial Planning. Um, as you know, the six areas of financial planning, uh, one of the areas is retirement planning and that I enjoy and always, I got to keep caution to myself, I keep saying, I love this one the most. Well, you know, I'm the boy who cried wolf because there's so many different subjects that I love. Uh, but this today's uh, presentation actually uh, is going to take two. There's no way in the world I could possibly do this in a 30-minute segment. So I broke it into two pieces. Uh, I do these uh, presentations. Uh, today's going to be on Social Security. Um, this is one of the most misunderstood topics that I've ever seen uh, within the world of financial planning. Uh, you know, whisper down the lane. Uh, it is a complex topic, and there's a lot of different nuances that come into play, and it's so misunderstood, but at the same time, too, is it's an area where uh, you can maximize and dramatically improve your benefits that get paid to you. Uh, one of the things that I jokingly, but not jokingly, say to all of my clients and, and people I talk to is he who knows the rules usually does better at the game or knows the rules better does better at the game. So strap your boots on because here we go. We're going to be talking about Social Security. Now I like to kick it off, give you a little bit of history of the Social Security system. Social Security Act was actually enacted in 1935, and I can't help but joke because at that time, the life expectancy of men were 58 and women were 62. And here they are offering Social Security to people who turn 65. Isn't that beautiful? Hey, we're the government. We're here to help. Uh, we're going to give you Social Security, but not until after you die. That's a beautiful thing. Okay? I can't help but joke about that. So let's talk about the history. In 1937 was when they began to tax Social Security, meaning that as you were earning money, you had to pay Social Security 1%. And I think anybody who knows, knows it's a lot less then than it is today. In 1939, uh, they added dependents and survivors benefits. And in 1950 was the first time that they actually increased the benefits. And again, in 1952. Uh, it was 1956, and yes, I'm cheating and looking at my notes because there's a lot of different things here. So in 1956 is when they added um, disability benefits but they didn't start until age 50, and then they also added early retirement. And in 1960, just four years later, they wiped out the age 50 for disability benefits, and they allowed it at any age. Um, then in 1961, I'm sorry, I was mistaken earlier, it was 1961 that they began to uh, provide for early retirement. 1972 is when they began to do the cost of living adjustments. Well, no kidding. After 37 years, they're finally adding cost of living adjustments for people who are receiving the retirement benefits. 1977 is when the Social Security system, or shall I say the government, realized, uh-oh, we're in trouble here. Okay, and they realized that they were going to have some solvency issues. So what they did is they raised the Social Security tax to 7.65%, which it still is today. So that just give you an idea. 1977, it was 
7.65%. And here we are 44 years later, and it's still 7.65%. So um, it was then in 1983, okay, and this was under Reagan, um, that they began to tax the Social Security benefit. Okay, and so what they did is they said, well, if you make above a certain amount of income, and for a single person it's 25,000, for a married person it was 32,000, if you make above a certain income, then all of a sudden your social security benefits become taxable up to 50%. And then in 1993 is when they raised it to the current system where it's 50% once you reach that threshold, and then they raised it to 85% above a second threshold. And what's really interesting about this is that they never changed the 25,000 or the 32,000 by cost of living. And believe me when I tell you, and I think we all know, twenty-five and thirty-two thousand dollars back in the eighties and nineties is a whole lot different than it is today. The other thing too is because of that, you know, people are earning more today, which means that they didn't raise those thresholds, but people are earning more. And now what has actually happened, and I've had an episode on this before, and I would encourage you to, to look back at my taxation of Social Security, which I've also written articles on it, is this has created a phenomenon that a lot of people are retiring and actually finding themselves in retirement at a higher income tax bracket, federal income tax bracket, than they are today. I had an episode just on that, and actually, a, a silly plug here, I do a lot of presentations on this Social Social Security and to a great extent this part one and part two is this presentation but it's actually a two-hour seminar and I've been given them but unfortunately thanks to Mr. COVID uh, I haven't given it in a while and I probably won't be able to give it a while but keep your eyes peeled because I'm gonna eventually be announcing that I'm gonna be doing these presentations again so take a look at the different types of benefits that are offered by Social Security so we got the retirement benefits We've got spousal benefits, survivor benefits, and and we're going to spend more of the time on retirement benefits. Uh, spousal and sur uh, survivor take into account retirement, as does disability. Disability typically provides you with your retirement benefit at an early age. But most of this um, part one and part two of this series is going to be on the retirement benefit portion. So the question is, people receive their green statements, okay? And years ago, everybody would receive their statement three months before their birthday. Well, a few years ago, the government decided, for good reason, they decided to stop sending the statements. However, they reinstituted or shall I say they stopped for people who were younger, but what they did is then they provided the statements uh, for once you turned age 60. Well, it makes sense because once you're age 60, you're starting to think about the concept of retirement and social security there. So let's talk about how it's calculated, okay? Well, first of all, when you look at your green statement, I love the green statements and I should have posted one up here, but, um, it's a four-page statement. The first page in the upper right-hand corner shows a big dollar amount. This is your benefit. Well, it's your benefit based upon being at full retirement age, which is a moving target, which I'll show in a little bit. But it shows what your benefit would be if you reached full retirement. But there are other times with which you could take it early or you can take it in the form of a delayed retirement. 
But the question is, that number up there is referred to your, as your PIA or your primary insurance amount. And so the question is, is how is it calculated? Okay, well, it's a very interesting thing. So what they do is they take a wage earner's average of their highest 35 years of income and take the average of it. So if one made $80,000 in 2020 and $78,000 in 2019 and so on and so forth, what you'll find on page three of your social security statement is it'll show you your earnings history since the beginning of time, or shall I say, the beginning of your time. And it's actually kind of fascinating to see how much you made all those years. So they take the average of those 35 years. Now, let's also put this into perspective. They recognize that we've had inflation all these years. So one who is, uh, had made, let's say, $40,000 in, uh, or let's say, $30,000 in 1977, well, they factor inflation in, and what happens is that that $30,000 is actually four times greater today because it factors in inflation. So, so it's not fair. One would think your average isn't fair. If I made $100,000 last year, but only made $30,000 in 1980, well, is it fair that I'm averaging 30 with 100? No, of course not, because that's what they did. They factored inflation in, okay? So now what they do is they say, all right, let's say, for instance, that you take my 35-year average, and my 35-year average says that I made $80,000 a year. Okay, let's call it 78, makes the math easier. Okay, so at $78,000 a year, what they then do is say, well, what was my average monthly? Well, you take 78 divided by uh, 12 months, and that's basically $6,500 a month. And it works to a great extent like um, a lot of the tax system is it's graduated, um, using round numbers. The first $1,000, 90%. And then from $1,000 to $6,000 is 32%, and above that is 15%. So if my average was $6,500 a month, they calculate my primary insurance amount as 90% of the first 1,000, 32% of the next 5,000, which is from one to six, and then 15%, and that provides me with a primary insurance amount, which might be something like $2,300 or $2,500. Okay, so that's how they calculate your primary insurance amount, which is the dollar amount that is at your full retirement age. So the next question is, is how does it vary from there? And we're going to get to that in a little bit. But uh, just to give you an idea, in 2021, if you made the maximum amount, now as we may know, as you may or may not know, um, each year they have the maximum amount that you can earn and then they no longer tax you on it, okay? Meaning that in 2020, that amount was 137.7 and I believe in 2021, uh, I have to remember, refresh my memory, it's 142 something, but let's use last year's number, 137,700. If I made $200,000, what happens is Social Security system charges 7.65% to me, for my first 137700 and my employer for the first 137700 After that, 
the Social Security piece is taken out. Now, what do I mean by that? The 7.65% is actually broken into two, two components. In fact, check your pay stub, and what you'll find is that you'll see oftentimes OASDI, which is old age uh, security disability, something like that, okay? You think I know. Um, but anyway, so that represents 6.2%. So you take what your weekly pay was, and there it is, 6.2% is that part, and then 1.45% goes to Medicare. So once you reach your Social Security wage limit of 137.7, what they do is they stop withholding from me, and they stop withholding from my employer, but I still pay the 1.45% for the Medicare. So I stop at that. In fact, one of the, the, the uh, plans that President Biden is putting forth is because the Social Security system is, in fact, in trouble, I mean, they're concerned that they could run them out of money as soon as 2034, well, they need to either get more money into the system or less money out. Well, one of the ways to get more money into the system is to lift the wage base. So if someone's making $10 million a year, why are they only paying 6.2% on their first 140,000 or so? Well, what they're talking about doing is eliminating the wage base. However, leaving that 137 or 142 in, and so you cross over and it stops, but then bringing it in at 400,000. So if the person is making $10 million a year, well, guess what? They're going to have just that gap between 142000 and 400000 where they're not paying the Social Security, but then they're paying again after that, which will certainly help contribute to the Social Security system. The big issue with the Social Security system is an aging population. Not many years ago, there was, for every uh, person working, actually there were three and a half people working for every person drawing on Social Security. Not but 10 years ago, it was closer to five people working for every person that was drawing Social Security. Well, it is now 2.4. In fact, I believe it was either 2019 or 2020, we finally crossed over the edge, and this is scary, we crossed over the edge where we're actually contributing less to the system from workers, than the amount that we're paying out. So what is full retirement age? Uh, full retirement age for many, many years was actually 65. And somewhere in the 90s or the early 2000s, they um, changed the full retirement age for anybody born uh, after 1943, uh, it went to 66. And now um, it's anybody born after 1954, between 1950, or shall I say, anybody born after 1960, it's now 67. And for anybody born 1954 and before, the full retirement age is 66. And basically, it's a six-year period where every year it increases by two months. For instance, 1955, your full retirement age is 66 and two months. 1956, it's 66 and four months, and so on and so forth. It's it's right there on the table, okay? And in fact, your social security statement will show what your full retirement age actually is. So let's strap our boots on because this is my favorite slide. Um, what we're gonna do is we're gonna wrap up uh, and talk about this particular slide and all of the nuances associated with full retirement age, early retirement, delayed retirement, and we're gonna 
I could talk about this slide for the entire 30 minutes. Obviously, we're well into the show, so I don't have the time. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about this slide. So what this slide provides you is kind of a graphical presentation of how the Social Security system works as far as getting your benefit, delaying retirement, and early retirement. Okay, so because of the fact that it's a moving target as to when full retirement is, this actually depicts how the system works. And big time misnomer, again, people feel as though, oh boy, age 67 is when I need to retire. And I can't retire earlier than that. Or when you look at your statement, they say, well, age 62 is this number, your full retirement age is this number, and age 70 is this number. And it's not like jumping on stepping stones. Okay, you can retire any time between those two periods. Now, I should also point out when I reference retire, I should clarify my statement as being drawing Social Security, okay? Because you don't actually have to retire and you can still draw Social Security, but now more nuances come in. So let's take a look at how your benefit is impacted. So in this particular instance, not every instance, you have full retirement age. And I like making math easy. So let's assume your full retirement age was $1,000. Okay, it's a little bit on the low side, but $1,000. It certainly makes the math easy. So if someone's full retirement age is age 67, and that's the example that we will use because most people watching this show are probably born uh, prior to age, I'm sorry, after age, uh, after 1960, shall I say. So um, we'll just use that because it works for every one of them. So anybody at full retirement age, if they wanted to take it earlier, so let's say, for instance, someone is born in June of 1960, okay? That means they will turn uh, 61, or they'll turn 62 in June of 2022, but their full retirement age is age 67. So what happens here is if that individual wanted to retire earlier than their age 67, they may. And once again, when I use the word retire, I'm talking about beginning to draw Social Security benefits. So if that individual wanted to retire prior to their 67th birthday, they could. So they could calculate how much without even having to pick up the phone and contact Social Security or going onto the website, which by the way, I would encourage everyone to check out what their Social Security is, and you can Google it, but it's www.ssai.gov. And what that'll do is that'll help you uh, take a look at what your Social Security statement is, particularly since you haven't received one if you're under the age of 60. And it'll give you the history of your, um, history of your, um, uh, employment history, your earnings history, and all that. It's a beautiful thing. I love that statement. But it only shows those three dates, age 62, full retirement age, and age 70. If you wanted to take it any time prior to that, what they do is they reduce the amount that you receive. As with any defined benefit, such as a pension plan, this works the same way. Now, don't view it as a penalty, as some people do. They view it as a penalty. Ah, you know, the government's taking money from me again, and et cetera, et cetera. No, it's not a penalty. Because what happens here is that if you were to take it one year earlier, guess what? It is a reduced amount, 
but you're also collecting it for a year as opposed to if you had waited. And that's a separate issue that I'm going to talk about in a little bit, probably in the second, uh, second part. But one could calculate what happens is for the first 36 months, which is also three years, you lose five-ninths of a percent per month. So if one were to decide to retire one year earlier, okay, or shall I say collect their benefit one year earlier, you very simply multiply 12 times five-ninths of a percent, which happens to be six and two-thirds percent, times 100, or I'm sorry, times 1,000, whatever their, their full retirement age benefit is. And in this particular instance, if you lose six and two-thirds percent, that means that person's going to be earning $933 a month. Okay? Well, if we back it all the way down to three years, because the calculator is minus five-ninths of percent for three years, when you go backwards three years, your benefit is reduced 20%. That has been in the books forever, okay? As long as you've been able to take early retirement. But since they lengthened the time to full retirement age, now all of a sudden, those people are more than 36 months. The example that I used, the person who's 67, well, they go backwards three years, that's the winner 64. From 64 after 36 months, it then reduces by a lesser dollar amount of five twelfths of a percent, which is the equivalent of 5% per year. So in the instance of a person who is age 67, they would lose 20% by retiring three years earlier, and then an additional 10% by collecting as early as age 62. So in that particular instance that I used, the individual who is 67 would get a 30% reduction in their benefit, okay? Which means that if their benefit would have otherwise been $1,000, now it's not $1,000, it's only $700. But again, remember one thing, is the amount of money, you're gonna be receiving $700 a month for five years. Okay, do the math, that's $700 a month times 60 months, you'll have received $42,000 prior to the time had you waited. And so there's multiple people who are on different sides, and I will share my views in the second part of this series, okay, as to whether I think you should wait or not wait, because everybody's situation is different. As with all financial planning, the answer to every question is, it depends. So if one were to wait until after retirement, I'm sorry, after full retirement age, then what happens is they get an increase of 8% per year. So in the case of a 67-year-old, if they were to have a benefit of $1,000 at age 67, but waited three years, increased by 8% per year, which is 24% after three years, then they would collect 124% of their benefit, or in that particular instance, their case would be $1,240. So if you look at the slide, you see where I say from 24% to 32%, because if you were 66, well, then you could delay your retirement and pick up four years times 8%, which is 32, and you would get 32% more than your full retirement age amount. However, here comes the kicker. If you were to pull money early, then you're going to be in a position of you are looking at potentially not only reduced benefits, but you're also going to be looking at 
a situation in which you are limited as to how much you can actually earn. So we're going to spend more time on that in the second lesson of this. So let me give you the heads up of what we're going to talk about in the second part of this presentation. So we're going to pick up again with this chart, you know, next week, we'll pick up with this chart. Then we're going to talk a little bit more about what the ramifications are if you take it early, what other situations may be, because we touched upon briefly spousal benefits or survivor benefits, and then how does the taxation of Social Security work? So I look forward to coming back next week and seeing you again. Uh, strap your boots on or take a break from, or take your boots off for the next week, and, uh, and we'll jump right back in. So uh, signing off, again, my name is Mike Menninger, host of, host of Financial Planning Explained and certified financial planner, and I look forward to be uh, picking this up next week from where we left off. Have a terrific week, and I look forward to seeing you.